Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports, and joining me, the CEO at Board Worldwide, my former and longtime co-host, Brian Cristiano. Hey, what's up, man? It's good to be back as always. Thanks for the great intro, Rob. What's cracking? The band is back together. I'm super excited about this episode because a few months ago, you had an idea that really resonated with me. And what you wanted to do was my journey of building bacon sports. You wanted to, in not these exact words, very transparently uh, talk about my journey and how I can get to the next level because you've obviously done a lot of the things that I'm looking to accomplish and the timing is perfect right now because in the last, even let's say two weeks, things with Bacon Sports have significantly improved and really the impetus of all of this, I don't even know if I use that word correctly, the, the origin of all of this was the Bacon Sports redesign of our website, which I did uh, almost two months ago. And that's the one thing where it changed the business, where I hired a branding coach, we clarified our messaging, the offering, got a brand new website, got rid of Crest Media, everything's under one roof. And then all of a sudden, I could feel it. The conversations were warm. They were mm. different. The referrals started to come in. And it is something that I'd worked for five and a half years to get to that point of being like, man, when will this momentum start happening? When this offense instead of defense starts to happen. So that's what I want to talk about. Dude, that's exciting, man. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. And look what happens when you get you start to get real clear on your message and your vision and your mission. As, you, as soon as you start to get clear on that stuff, man, big things start to happen, right? Well, well, very much so. And it's something that had always been a struggle with my journey of building Bacon Sports because I always had two entities, mainly because of the way I grew it. Sports blog to content agency. Where do these things live? The publishing model goes backwards. So... It finally brought everything under one roof and clarified the vision of what I want for everything. So, what, what, what is it? What is the vision? Tell us the vision, man. So, I mean, the vision for me, well, really, the ultimate is to live a life of freedom. To me, that is success. I'm talking financial freedom, creative freedom, freedom to choose how I raise my future kids and my family. That's the overarching thing that I'm working towards that when I'm reading my goals uh, multiple times a day, that's what's going through my head. But on the, the more specific level with Bacon Sports, when I first started it, the goal was always, my dream was to work in sports and being a creator. And I always thought if I can build a company where I can figure out how to work in sports, then I can hire others to live their dreams of working in sports. So building this creative forward thinking company where uh, we're working on amazing projects with brands who want to engage sports fans. At the same time, we're still building our community, creating original sports content and doing all of those intertwined. 
Yeah. Can I, can I point something out that I think would be valuable to the gen- to the audience? Yes, of course. Yeah, I, I think what was really interesting is, you know, you said that the original vision of Bacon Sports was, you know, to for you to work in, uh, you know, for you to work in sports and to, you know, be a part of that content side. You did that, right? Yeah. So the key to that is you didn't specify like the the clarity level of what does that really mean? At what scale? What do you want to do? Who do you want to work with? How big is that? Those are the things that when you start to define those, you start to get that vision that you're created. You said, hey, I want to work in sports and create my own content. Dude, it happened. You got exactly what you asked for. And then you're like, oh man, but this isn't it. Cool. Perfect. I mean, it happens to all of us. And then you go, ah, I need to make my I need to make my vision a little bigger and a little more specific. And then you did that. You clarified a bit more with Bacon Sports. You consolidated the 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 Crest Media thing into hey, like let's focus the energy. And all of a sudden, same thing. You got more specific, and things start to roll forward. It's amazing how that happens. Yeah. And and the challenge in all of this is the. The, for me, the knowledge and passion had a hard time keeping up with the sales. It's one of those things where I kept grinding, grinding, grinding. I was just doing sales nonstop. And it was like, man, when is this hump going to happen? And uh, Ed Milet said something on a podcast a few weeks ago that really resonated with me. He's like, there will be multiple times, probably in the first five years of your entrepreneurial journey, where you'll start and stop, where you think you've got something and then it goes backwards. And mm-hmm. I'm looking in three in three instances, I landed what I believed would be my dream client. I was like, I am set. Here we go. Rocket ship. Take off. And then it went away. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm so close to making this happen. And it's through those things that a foundation is built, which is the next thing that I want to talk about. So now I've got other good problems So I've spent five and a half years creating content, but also very much doing sales nonstop. Actually something that I would say I don't overly enjoy. And that may have been because of where I was in this journey of grinding, struggling, trying to find ways to make it happen. Because obviously I love amazing conversations with awesome companies that I want to work with. It's just a challenge when those are few and far between and you're just scrapping and clawing. So there's a part of me that, and I learned this when I worked at Career Builder and I was the number one sales rep and I was still worried I was gonna get fired every month that I've seen these clients go away. So there's an equal part of me that is still sales 100% forward. And I even look at you as a model for it of you're just continuing to plow forward, plow forward, plow forward. And I know that resting on my laurels isn't something that I can do. But now the amount that I have to execute has been greatly increased all specifically in the last month of the number of campaigns. And really it's weird. I'm so conditioned to do sales that even when I land something, I'm like, yeah, but I probably should still be prospecting even though the reason I do the sales is to land these campaigns so that I can work on them, enjoy them and deliver awesome results. So what are you better at the actual creation, the content side, or are you better at the sales side? I am, I'm better at the, let's call it the strategy of the creative. I'm, I'm starting to work more 
Uh, I know that I need to deliver or Bacon Sports needs to deliver a 10 out of 10 on everything that we do. I'm probably an 8 out of 10 on a large amount of things. I can get by with my own personal brand, but when somebody says, Bacon Sports, we're going to work with you, I'm immediately like, I got to get the best people working with this. So I'm immediately thinking, whether it's graphic design, video production, video editing, things like that, I'm outsourcing that, but... I think the sales side of things is is something that I am very good at, even if it is I am the creative. Good. Well, I mean, look, I, I think that, uh, you know, I don't think you need to have only one individual focus. I, I don't think that's realistic. I think as you get like much, much bigger, sure, you should have one individual focus. But for now, I think it's like a matter of not trying not to wear five hats. Um, maybe you can wear five hats for 20% of your time, but then 80% of your time should really be focused on one or two main things. And so... I, I'm glad that you said that you're good at the sales side because it's that's a hard thing, especially in early stages, to get someone else to sell. Unless you're selling commodities, unless you're selling like quick transactional products, which you're not, it really requires an understanding of what you're selling, how you can execute in those details. And since you have that vision and the strategy, it's 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 much smarter for you to be the person on the on the front end selling, bringing in the clients, setting the expectations and the strategy, and then building a team or freelancing out or partnering with other companies to actually deliver and just making sure that the standards are upheld. So I, I think that for you is really the smartest steps forward because otherwise, if you either you start to try to actually execute this stuff, you're going to get dragged in the weeds and you can't slow down the sales cycle. I mean, look like. Sometimes you have to take your foot off the gas. Like we're rebuilding a lot, a lot of the company and, and the structure and our processes. So the last thing I would want to do is have my foot fully to the gas while we're also I've had to shift my focus temporarily. But at the same time, I can't stop the sales side because you lose momentum. It takes a while to get it back. So I think focusing in, on sales and the top line strategy of what are you going to do? How are you going to deliver? What are those standards? And finding the people to help execute is really where you need to spend all of your energy. So... One thing that I struggle with is for the longest time, I did the sales to be creative because I love being creative. It's it's what gets me up in the morning. It's like, hey, if nobody ever paid you a single dollar again to create sports content, would you do it? And my answer would be, of course. This is why I love, I love to do that. So how would you recommend I balance that side of things? Uh, not saying how do I make sales more fun, but maybe I need to be reframing the way that I think about sales because my default, and maybe that's because of the way that my sales career was built, is pounding the pavement. And I've recently gotten better at uh, really actually using LinkedIn videos and podcasting and more content-based opportunities as a, I'm not going to say it's a drip strategy, but it, it more is. It's the slow burn. But as a sales guy, uh, I'm very output driven. So I know if I make 20 calls, I can look at myself at the end of the day and be like, I made 20 calls. Whereas in one video and you see, oh, a thousand people saw it on LinkedIn and there's some engagement there, but it's a harder thing to grasp, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think where where there's two places where you can input your creativity, like you said, you know, creating your own content around what you're doing, you know, your videos. Great. That's one outlet that is that also relates back to sales and it should. Number one. And number two is I, I think 
and we're similar in this way, I think really it comes down to as you're selling, you need to be selling the creative strategy that you're going to then deliver. So you get the opportunity, not in a real deep, long tail way, but to help set the standard and the creative strategy of, hey, here's what we're going to do for you. Here's what that looks like. Um, and here's why you should do it. And you get to be a little creative there. And then you get to, you know, impart that creative vision onto the people who are going to execute and make sure that those standards are being held. That's where you get to be creative. You're just not going to be in the weeds of the actual day to day creation, because when you get sucked into that, you're not going to be on the sales side. You're not going to grow. So can you give me, uh, some tips or advice for now working with more people? So I've known for the longest time when I've built bacon sports that I've been the biggest roadblock on almost everything that mm -hmm. I think of it as an open-ended platform. I give opportunities, people who want to be part of this, like a lot of people reach out and they're like, I just want to be part of what you're doing, but there's a challenge because there is the ramp up in knowledge and then the execution. And I have accepted that not everything is going to be 100% to the level that I can execute upon that they say, Hey, if you can get 80%, you're right. going to be good there. Uh, what tips do you have for how I should best be even starting this process? Because I very much have my eye towards scalability saying, uh, and I, and I really learned this when I landed, uh, working with, uh, infield chatter, uh, the app by the major league baseball players association, when I was creating videos seven hours a day for them, and I looked at this and I was like, I couldn't take on two of this client because my time capacity isn't there. So I knew there was a flaw in what I was doing. And because of that, I learned that I have to remove myself and put in the process and structure so that we could take on 10 or 20 clients because we have the right process in place. Get a great project manager for sure, hundred um, percent. Someone that, aside from you, that you can dictate. Hey, what does the outcome need to look like? A really, really good PM, right? Somebody that that has has worked in the same or similar types of creative aspects that you are going to be delivering. So they have they have knowledge of of what you do. They have knowledge of what it takes. The types of people, and then you impart the hey, this is the strategy. This is what we need to deliver. Here's what it needs to look like. Here's how the client needs to feel. Now help me make sure that that happens. They're going to be the greatest asset to make sure that they can help you come up with ways that, hey, this is scalable. Rob, this isn't scalable. Rob, we're going to need more resources here. This is what it's going to take. You know, we can't deliver this. A really great project manager is going to save you the the nightmares, man. Like for real. I, I think that's that's something I wish I had learned 15, 18 years ago, um, because it's real easy to start putting in place all of the executors and leaving out that management element, but having that person and they can be freelance, they can be remote. You don't have to think about trying to put everybody in house, especially in the earlier stages, but having somebody that can understand that you can say, here's the top line, here's the brief, here's what we need to deliver. Here's how it needs to work. Now help me make that happen. If they're a good project manager, they will help make that happen and you can help, you can keep them accountable and they'll be able to manage, you know, two to 10, you know, two to seven people, two to eight people below them. And then that way you're getting the information funneled back to you in a more concise manner. Otherwise you get stretched everywhere. I, that's something I wish somebody told me, you know, 15 years ago, 18 years ago. Well, that is fantastic. So the last thing we always like to have action items and takeaways and I am committed to my success. And 
what would you like to see out of me? Let's say 30 days from now, we have another conversation and Mm. I am committed to growing this. Actually, I want to get my first million dollars in sales. I was just looking through your Twitter feed uh, of the different things. You're like, hey, I was on a couch uh, with 200K in debt and then boom, I made my first million in sales. And I know that I'm going to be great, but I also know that uh, you need people to help push you and to set standards that are above my current expectation. So what would you like to see out of me to continue this growth? All right. I have to ask a couple questions first for some context. Where do you want, what, what's what's like the major one or two goals in the next 90 days? What do you want to, it to look like in 90 days? So with this, now just sort of speak candidly, I want to continue to go forward. I've been going forward, backward, forward, backward so many times that I I really thought to myself, I'm ready for this business to take off and this is the month that this is starting. So 90 days from now, um, in, in one of my affirmations that I actually write and read every day is money flows to me abundantly every single day of the year because I'd been accustomed to dry spells that come and go. So 90 days from now, I don't even want that a thought in my head that backwards is an option, that moving forward, I'm continuing to bring in more and more business. So I don't want the standard of this month to be like, oh man, August was a great month. I want what August, October or November to be like, dude, August was just the start of this. So here's, here's my challenge for you. This is perfect, actually. So I, I think the thing that's going to have the biggest impact for you is getting super clear and having extremely measurable KPIs uh, or, you know, objectives, goals, targets, whatever, you know, whatever acronym you want to throw at it. Okay, think from 90 days out, what are the three things that need to happen? And they need to be specific. They need to be measurable. It needs to be actionable. And uh, it needs to be somewhat realistic. Like you can make it stretch, but don't say like, hey, I want to make a million dollars in 90 days if that's not necessarily realistic. If you're like, hey, I I feel relative, I feel 85% confident I could do 100 grand in, in, in 90 days, great. Make it 100 to 125 grand, right, as a target. But something like that, and that's just an example. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial. I want you to create uh, three measurable targets 90 days out. They have to be straightforward. They have to be measurable, meaning not just you or I, any other third party that doesn't have knowledge of what you do can say you may hit the target or not. Like very clear, very measurable, um, achievable. It doesn't mean like, you know, yeah, I'd love to make, you'd love to make a million dollars in the next 90 days, but is that realistically achievable? Now, I'm not saying to set just realistic goals that you know you can hit, but you have to at least feel 80%, 75, 80% that you would be able to hit that goal. So if you feel like, hey, I feel like 80% positive I could do 100 grand in 90 days, well, great, then make a target 100, 130 grand or something like that. Um, because you don't want to set yourself up to fail. You want to set yourself up to be stretched a bit. Um, so three very clear targets, super specific, very measurable so that you can clearly say, did you hit this target or not? 
And even better is if those targets can be measured in percentages. So you could say like, hey, I got, you know, like financial things are very easy. It doesn't have to be a financial target, but they're easy. You can say, hey, I want to do 100 grand in sales in 90 days. Okay, well, I got, you know, 70% of the way there. I got 110% I over delivered. So something that's very measurable, especially in percentages, is helpful. They need to be super specific, right? So even if you say I want to do $100,000 in sales in 90 days, that's great. A better objective or a better target would be I want to do $100,000 in sales for this specific service with this specific margin for these types of clients. Now you can get to 90 days and be like, did I do it? How close did I get? The more specific, the more clear it is, the more likely you're going to hit it. And you don't want any more than three. And you, and again, they have to be super measurable. So that would actually be my, uh, you know, what, what I would have you do in the next 15 or 30 days to really contemplate that. And yes, you can think about where you want to be a year from now, two years from now, but don't try to get caught up in that. Be like, where do I want to be in 90 days? And again, not like ultimately like rah, rah, where like, you know, you'd love to be, where do you think you can get to if you really put your nose to the grindstone? Three measurable targets. The closer they're related, the better because it keeps you on a more narrow, laser-focused target. Um, a, an example of what would what you know, it's fine to have three unrelated targets, but again, if they ladder up into the bigger vision, it's better. And a, an example that I would say is is something I wouldn't do would say, hey, I want to do 100 grand in sales in 90 days uh, for content creation. I want to build an addition on my house and I want, you know, uh, I, I want to go on a speaking tour. Like they're, they're, they're like taking away energy from the other. So if you say, Hey, I want to do a hundred thousand dollars in sales in this specific area for this service, um, for these types of clients, that's a great KPI. I want to create 20 pieces of content that talk about these three topics that I'm going to post live on, you know, on LinkedIn, but in that amount of time that relate back to those types of clients. And I'm going to create a P an article that I'm going to be able to send out to prospective clients that also relates to that type of business that I'm selling. Dude, now those are super aligned. They're super focused. They all help each other uh, accelerate the process and they're all measurable. Again, I was just ballparking, but hopefully that gives you an idea. That would be my thing is come up with those three things for 90 days and then we can talk about how to make sure to get there. I absolutely love that. Brian, where can people connect with you and tell them what's cooking with Bold Worldwide? Ooh, you can find me pretty much anywhere on, at, you know, at Bold CEO is my handle on all social media. You can follow me there, message me there, uh, more active on Instagram lately than the other platforms, having some fun there. We, dude, we're, we're, you know, we're getting the game going again. We're getting close. We have some episodes of Growing Bold where it's a slower process than, than I would have liked at this point because I made so many damn changes in the business that sometimes even I forget the reality of time it takes to accomplish some massive, massive changes. So things are a little slower in that department. However, we're getting really close, so we're going to relaunch season two of Growing Bold in coming in due time. I won't put an exact date on it yet, but due time. Uh, we've got other content back up and running, and uh, dude, we're just we're hitting the ground running. We're refocusing as well. Like That's part of... Uh, I'm doing the same thing I just told you to do. I do. Every single month. Every 90 days. Absolutely love it. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Pleasure. And boom goes the dynamite. As always, thanks for listening. Before we go, head to BaconSports.com to sign up for my newsletter to get content creation and personal development tips to help you on your journey. Also, 
I'd love to hear your thoughts about this podcast episode. Did it cause you to think or take action in some way? Drop me a line on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy and let me know what's up.